You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Welcome to the Two Robbies podcast as we take a look back at match day seven. I'm Robbie Earl, the other Robbie is Musto. And before we start things off on the pitch, I just want to talk about Musty, what was a truly magical day in Washington, D.C., the second Premier League fan fest. All our team were there, special guest, Premier League's all-time top scorer, Alan Shearer was there. Kind of what were your takeaways from what was a crazy day, mate, from, from early in the morning through till well into the afternoon? Well, we know what we're getting into now. We did one last year, didn't we, in New York? And uh, first of all, I mean, it's, it's fantastic to, to, to be around the fans, really, and get a little bit of the atmosphere and a little bit of the passion of these fans with their uh, teams. We had different areas of the venue. It's a big old venue spaced uh, you know, on different levels and different areas and loads of big screens in different areas. So I, I thought it was pretty cool, Rob, and some of the games going on. I remember the window when, the 10 o'clock window, yeah. I was with the, uh, the Spurs fans in their game, and they were going crazy because they got the early goals, and Arsenal were not far away. <laughs> they were all yeah. quiet. There's a little bit of banter between the two. I mean, it's challenging in terms of what we have to do. Of mm. course, it's such a different show for us to try and get around and to try and, um, I, I guess, the, the, the listening of everybody, you know, is, is difficult because yeah, it's yes. so noisy and we're in different spots and it's technically mm. very difficult. That's why our team's so so amazing to, to, to make it run as smooth as it does. But it, it's challenging. But I mean, I've got to say, mate, it, it, isn't it? It's a real good time for us. Yeah, I totally agree. Challenging. But what a, it, it's almost like a celebration, isn't it, of us mm. going out to the fans and, and, you know, giving back to them who get up early in the morning and, and, and we talked about we were in their living rooms with them. They're, they're you know, putting their, their, their pets in, in kits, they're sitting at bars, they're drinking beers. They're, they're, you know, we're, we're all part of what we call the football family. Now, similarly, I've spent some time with Manchester United fans who disappointingly saw their team lose. We want them to go to talk on about them in the podcast. But, you know, I think it's pretty split. Some people see almost like they've had enough of Marina, want something else. Or other people saying maybe we've still got to give them a little bit more time. Spent some time with the Liverpool fans who... I think are starting to believe that maybe this is, is their year and, and they ended up with, with a draw again. We'll talk about that as we get into the podcast. But Liverpool fans, I think, are believing that they might be the real deal this year and come along. And that's so great for us when we can actually interact with the fans and get a little bit of a feel. You know, normally we sat in the studio and, and it's a little bit isolated, a little bit clinical. So it's great to get some, some feedback. And obviously to have Alan Shearer there, the Premier League's all-time top scorer, 260 goals. Every time I say it, it's like a ridiculous. Mm amount of goals mm. not sure how when and if that's going to be broken he was suggesting maybe Harry Kane if he stays fit and stays in England might be the man to do that but great to have Alan and obviously in his insights of, of playing the top level and, and Newcastle who's the, his hometown team uh, a little bit of worry for them at, at the moment uh, they can't get a win this season but that's, that's enough on the fan fest, mate. Let, let's get down to action. Let's get down to business. The big game, the marquee game of the weekend was at Stamford Bridge. It was Chelsea versus Liverpool. And 
What was your takeaway on this one? What, 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 what did you feel come the end of the game? What, what we learned about the two teams? I think I think there's lots of takeaways, Rob. There really was. I mean, the the um, the lineups were pretty much as we expected. Giroud got the start for Chelsea up front. Uh, the same kind of team that we expect. Hazard uh, again looks stunning. I think Chelsea are even a little bit better than than what I thought they were, Rob. That's that's kind of my mm. biggest takeaway of this game. Now. <laughs> I'm going to contradict myself a little bit because Liverpool could and should have done a lot better with lots of good chances, but good mm. opportunities. Good opportunities where we expect the final ball to be right. Mo Salah isn't right at the moment. You know, he's just a little bit off with everything that he seems to be doing. He got in some good situations. We saw some some quite big missed chances. Um, you know, but but going back to Chelsea. That being said, they I thought I thought they showed mm. a maturity, Rob, and a difference that I didn't expect. I expect it to be a game where Chelsea. With Mauricio Sarri, wants the ball, want want to you know to get all those hundreds and almost a thousand passes in to dominate possession, to create and, and do something against Liverpool, mm. and Liverpool might might break up play and play on a counter attack. Well, it didn't really work out like that, particularly after Chelsea um, went ahead. They were very happy to go back into a little bit of old Chelsea mode, really, mm. and just get behind the ball at, with a good shape. Um, so uh, you know, this Chelsea team is very new, of course, and very young under Mauricio Sarri, but they they impressed me quite a bit. Yeah, you, you make a good point there, and it was something I was I was thinking about and talking w- with Kyle on on the broadcast today. In terms of maybe the way Chelsea are going to play, Rob, it will be different maybe from from maybe City and, and certainly Liverpool. But these 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 are a possession, obviously a possession based under sorry, but there's a way that they play. There's a mentality at the football club that you know there's a nucleus of, team, of players that have won titles at that football club. You know, and and what, as we talk about Liverpool and as weeks go on. It's going to be not only a test of, uh, of the league and, and the challenges and winning the points, but the mentality and the emotion around that football club that we know can rise very quickly. And I, I just got a sense that Chelsea are serious, you know. They're, they're a serious team. And, and I'm saying this still when I still think they're a centre-forward short of really yeah. being in a title race. I think yeah. a 20-goal-a-season 20, 20 man gets them those, those, those wins when it's 0-0 or when it's 1-1 and, and gets you the three points that, that make a difference. Whether they can, can still continue to, to be successful with Olivier Giroud, no goals in the World Cup, no goals in the Premier League. Like his, his stock seems to be riding, which is a bit bizarre. Eddie is playing some superb football at the moment and pound for pound for me, he's the, the best player in the league. I know we're seven games in, uh, but he's shown a real appetite. So I think there's this... I think my takeaway from Chelsea was that they're serious, by the way. And, and, and if, if they can hang around it till Christmas and whether they decide to change things or if Christmas they're, they're still up in, up in that top three or four, I think that they're, they're, they're part, of the, part of, the, of the equation. I think in both boxes, Rob, it's going to let them down. I, I, with you, Olivier Giroud, mm. I, I, can't, I can't see him being part of a, of a Premier League title-winning team. And, that, and Hazard, of course, is... Is lights out at the moment, outstanding. Mm. But I mean, that's tough for him to keep those kind of numbers and then getting the points and the victories based on him scoring the goals. Others have to step up, yeah. you know. And I'm not sure we've seen that much of, of Kovacic to th- make us think that he's going to be a, a kind of a Frank Lampard kind of goal-scoring midfield player. I mean, he's done well and his yeah. pass was great for the for the assist and the goal and stuff. But I'm not sure he's going to be a big goal-scorer. Angelo Kante isn't. We know mm. that from the other side of midfield. And then it's so it's. I just think that's what's going to hold him back defensively. Yes, they they were better Chelsea, and it was only one goal conceded with a brilliant goal uh, from. Daniel yeah. Sturridge, but they did give up some opportunities. So between those two ends of the field, I just don't think they're going to be challenging. When we're into kind of March, April, yeah. Rob, 
I, I think it's going to be the two teams that, that, that were favoured at the start, Man City and Liverpool, mm. um, because I guess as a way of transitioning to Liverpool a bit, ro- yeah. bit Rob, I, even though it was 1-1 and even though it was a late spectacular goal to get them a point, I thought Liverpool looked a better side. I just, I did, even from the first half. Mm. The, the, the ch- I mean, the opportunities they created, yeah, they don't look a great side when they don't make the best of those, but they had plenty of good looks against Chelsea. And on a day that, this, that the front three, you know, weren't really flying and other mm. play, players come off the bench and, and did great for them. I just, I just thought it was another little bit of evidence that they're not going to go to Stamford Bridge and, mm. and wipe the floor with Chelsea, of course. But they looked a, 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 a solid team throughout, defensively very strong again, very strong. I mean, it's a great goal from yeah. Hazard to score from that angle. Um, and with the options in midfield and, and, and the front players, you know, they're going to do great things. I just thought, wow, they, they look... Uh, they look ready. And Mauricio Sarri said it himself, Rob, that the Liverpool are, are a year or two ahead of, yeah, yeah, of course, of, of my Chelsea mm. team. So, um, yeah, I thought Liverpool, without being their best, still looked a pretty strong team. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue. And I just felt the manner of the result for Liverpool was important. A late goal, a substitute comes on. Daniel Sturridge, we'll talk about, but continue to give this team options whether it's off the bench, whether it's starting, we know he's got goal threat, he's got goal pedigree. You can look back historically, and obviously we know about fitness, but if we can keep him fit, he will deliver goals. He will give you a different dimension. But I thought it was important that we didn't get to the stage where after six games, Liverpool have obviously started so well, six wins, six wins in the first six. And then it was like, oh, but they go to Stamford Bridge and you come up against a good team and then it's back to, oh, a bit of Liverpool. I just felt it was important that that didn't start to creep in at this stage. That You know, they can be resilient. That Maybe they have to go to the bench. Maybe they can mm. dig deep and, and get results when the football isn't going well. When their star man's not particularly playing anywhere near his true potential. I thought for a number of reasons, it was an important result for Liverpool uh, to get something from the game and in the manner of the goal and, and the way it was taken, I think it, it, it kind of sets them up well uh, for, for some tougher games coming up over the next few weeks. Another another day, Rob, they could have scored quite a few goals. Yeah, I mean, there, there were some sitters. I mean, Salah had a, a good chances in the first half. Uh, we know that Shakiri missed a sitter right in front of the mm. goal. I mean, there was a, quite a lot of... Firmino missed yeah. the knee. Or he, yeah, one headed off the line and, and Luis uh, so, saved so off the line. That's a yeah. good sign mm. when you can go to Chelsea like that, a, a really good side, and create a lot of opportunities. Like I said, another day they could have got more goals. Yeah. Um, but the goal was worth waiting for, <laughs> Robbie Earl. And, uh, I mean, it was a little... I think you might have mentioned it on the, on the show, Rob, yeah. where it's a little bit of a flashback. I did yeah. ask our researcher. Yeah. I said, well, what was that, what was that year when, when <laughs> it was Sterling and, and Suarez and Daniel yeah. Sturridge. It was 13-14 season. I think it was our first um, season yeah. at Premier League at NBC. Flying, God, he was, he, was, he was chipping goalkeepers, yeah. just bending in the top corner just like that. And, it, and, it, and it, it made me immediately think, wow, that's kind of what he mm-hmm. can do and that quality. It's just, I, I mean, I think Robbie's going to be satisfied, isn't he, with the bench? I think he is. I think For he knows now, his but, role. But, but, but here goes. You, you know one was coming. I mean, we're, we're seven games in and we're not knee-jerking and we're not making any bold statements. But... At this stage, Mo Salah hasn't been in outstanding form. <laughs> if we give him, and I'm trying to be realistic in terms of, if we give him another seven games, Rob, and his form's not improved, his goal scoring's, you know, he's maybe nicked one or two more, but he's not quite on top of his game, does Jurgen Klopp have a decision to make? No, not for me, Rob. I mean... <laughs> He, he, with the amount of games coming up, yeah. and of course, the European football is going to kick in now, isn't it, over the next few weeks mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, 
other players are going to play, but when he wants his best team, yeah. if it's in 10 games time or whenever it is, I mean, he's got to play him. Unless unless it gets to a point where he really is playing poorly, where like, wow, you know, he's not keeping the ball, mm. he's not, you know, his attitude, his confidence, not his attitude, his confidence yeah. looks a little down and he looks really off himself. Then you, you've, got, you've got to make a change. But, but you know, given last season and what we know he can do, surely Jurgen Klopp will feel that he can play out of this little bit of a funk, little mm. bit of a, maybe overthinking a little bit yeah. he's just gone off his it's just his his, his his mentality is a little bit different somehow you know mm. whether it's expectation from last season or whatever it is the world cup or whatever he's just a little bit off and um i i would expect the manager to play him through that rob but but it's it's absolutely you know a question that we should try and answer because you know he, he hasn't looked right and he has been off and there are excellent players waiting mm. on the bench to come and do it and Daniel Sturridge I mean even Shakiri he missed that opportunity yeah but he's bright when yeah, he comes he on he's bright and he's he, yeah. yeah energetic and he's got a little bit of quality that they're going to need uh down the stretch so yeah I, I think he'll stick with them of course yeah. at the moment Firmino as well their front three will mm. be the front three but they're not they're still not yeah. firing yet we still mm. haven't seen the interchange and the movements and the combinations mm. um obviously flashes of it but I mean they're sat on 19 points joint top with Manchester City mm. and we're talking about these front three that haven't really hit full steam ahead so mm. it's, it's exciting for him I mean Van, Virgil van Dijk Rob um, I mean he can move as well can't he yeah, everything that he's got over the ground yeah, it, yeah in late. anything over you know five six seven yards he, he can move and I thought he was pretty yeah. impressive as well in that game, alongside Joe Gomez as normal. The only other one, Rob, and, and again, I'm, I'm certainly not picking holes in Liverpool, and, and we're talking about a Liverpool team that look like they're going to be the, the closest rivals to City and pushing them all the way. The other one I, I just wanted to, to go and, and sort of ask you your, question, your, mm. your thoughts on, Jordan Henderson. Mm. In the best 11, you talked about Mo Salah would play. Mm. I mean, he was disappointed to come off. Uh, mm. When Alden went back in, in that sort of more of a holding role, Naby Keita came on, gives him that little bit of energy from midfield. Yep. Is Jordan Henderson horses for courses? Is he a definite on the big days? Do we not see him so much? Do you, I, I know he's club captain. I know he's very well respected. But is there a sense that maybe a little bit more mobility by Ronaldo gives him a little bit more drive from that midfield? Yep. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. I think we're going to see a transition this season. I mean, the, a game like Stamford Bridge, is, it is the right time to play him, Jordan Henderson, I think. In certain big games, that experience that he's got and that little bit of leadership and that kind of infectious drive that he brings to games, I think that that's going to be needed. But they're, they're, that's not many games of a season. Of, of all competitions and I think for, for the other games it's better to have Wijnaldum holding and Naby Keita and James Milner in, the, in those other spots in midfield bags of energy um, just a little bit more neat and tidy on the ball I think of course with Keita in there you've got an attacking drive as well that, that for me is my preferred midfield three at this football club but in certain games like uh, Saturday against uh, Chelsea it makes sense for him to play do you, do you differ from that do you feel that he's just that is best he still should be in that starting team no no uh, I'm starting to feel that Wijnaldum now looks whether better more mobile more suited to what Liverpool want to do and, and the way they want to do it um, I, I get the sense Jordan Henderson might be thinking the same he looked really disappointed when it when he came off obviously he wants to be in the big games he's captain mm. of the football club uh, just get the sense whether that's changing a little bit and just in terms of Liverpool Rob and I, I was trying to sort of I was lo- looking at the style watching a little bit of highlights this morning just in terms of the game one of the things I'm seeing a little bit from them and, and um, 
become more aware of it as, as you watch them. They've almost got two mo- modes of playing. They, there's that high-intensity press where the front three set off, the midfield drive, and they go and win the ball back off you. And then, and then maybe Van Dijk's help, maybe the goalkeeper, the two full-backs, that back for you. They've almost got a slightly semi-passive position now where they're comfortable in the shape. They'll let you have the ball, almost entice you on, and then they'll look for the for the counter attack. And you know, I was almost thinking they're a bit like the boxer who's the southpaw. You know, they can lead with one hand, and you get used to that. And then they kind of lead with the other. And it, and it's I think it's starting to throw opposition off because you don't quite know at what period of the game they're going to play a certain style and, and, and tactic. Yeah, I think it's a good point because it's difficult, isn't it? To, if you if you're setting out as a coach mm-hmm. that we high pressed, you know, we are energetic yeah. with uh, that. That's tough to do mm-hmm. week in week out and everything. It just it's impossible to do. In fact, so if there can be a little understanding of let you know what, let's just have a little breather for five minutes to stay behind the ball, and then we'll have another little rally up and a little high press and a bit more energy when mm-hmm. we need it. Uh, that's going to be smart. I mean, I think that's why. I guess what you're saying there, Rob, as well from from the last couple of years, it's been kind of like. Heavy metal football yeah. is, is when Liverpool are at their best. And that's tough to do every week. Mm. So they've got to find a way to to be effective and to win and to get results and play well when they don't have to go absolutely 100% out with energy and aggressive uh, kind of drive at the game. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's right. I think that's right. And, of course, right now it's working brilliant. Again, I think they can get better. Um, but this was a great game of football. Yeah. You know, we, oh, The atmosphere in that place was, was brilliant. And we saw some some quality I mean the, the two goals even the Chelsea goal I mean we talk about the press Rob that was a Liverpool press yeah. and Chelsea played through it mm, and beautiful. that was like wow yeah. there you go often that, that press wins and, and to be fair Chelsea's lack of possession dominance was mm. down to Liverpool or good without the ball but this this time you know a couple of one touch passes a couple of moves I mean it was a brilliant like knife through butter, a yeah. beautiful play and a great finish. So it was fascinating. You want to see that. You want to see yeah. the challenges of different styles and, and some things work, some things don't work. Um, but Sturridge's goal as well was just like, wow. I mean, that, that, uh, the venue we were at there yeah. was, uh, was, was, was pretty noisy at that point. So a brilliant game yeah. to end a brilliant day in Washington, D.C. Yep, great advert for the Premier League. Uh, one team, Rob, who are not talking at the moment about titles, not talking about being in the top three or four of the league. Um, things seem to be going from, from bad to worse for Manchester United and Jose Mourinho. I mean, a week in which they, they drew with Wolves and when Wolves looked almost like they were outplaying them. They lose on penalties to Derby in, in, in the League Cup. He has a go at one of his players on the same like he didn't have no confidence when Phil Jones was going to go up oh, yeah, and take the penalty kick. Yeah. And then they lose 3-1 away at West Ham, uh, London Stadium, where West Ham have had their struggles this season. Uh, they score three goals against Jose Mourinho's team. Where are we with Jose and the project Manchester United? Well, um, it, just, it just looks unrepairable, Rob. Mm. You know, and, uh, you know, it, 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 it seems incredibly difficult to, to imagine this guy mm. is going to be managing this, this football club in the next month or, or even less than that. I just think, cut into the chase real quick, yeah. I, I, and I'm, I'm, I have a history of being wrong, to be fair, <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I just think, well, I always think, Rob, sacking a manager... Mm. Sacking a manager is, an, is, a, is a big old thing, whether it's mm. you know, in his staff, the, the whole finding a replacement, I mean, admitting defeat or admitting you were wrong in something in some ways. I think it's a really, a really big part. It's a, like an earthquake to the football club. Yeah. And I always think you just got to make sure you're, 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 you're correct. Mm. You make sure you're, you, you, 
that you've thought about everything that you've given the guy opportunities mm. to, to fix mine not minor issues but fix issues now we saw them win the three games against Burnley Watford and Young Boys and we thought you know what he's, he's, he's dug himself out of a hole and now all of a sudden disappointing at home against Derby they go out of the League Cup mm. they lose away pretty meekly at West Ham United a, a kind of a strange team Rob with, with yeah, five at the back yeah. with McTominay playing as a, a, a central defender you've got three big guys in midfield and Martial with Lukaku I mean Martial must think what you know one minute he's, he's on the outs he, he might come on wide then he's playing in a front two um, so, so I, just let me yeah. let me go back to you on, on that because you, cause mm. you make a good point but, and I want to go back to like the earthquake scenario and, and that you say you know you've got to be sure in that on some of these head-scratching decisions, aren't some of these head-scratching relationships, aren't some of these man-management styles, if these were taken away, wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't the football club be healthier for that? Yeah. If, if those were taken away. And, and almost that's why we're getting to adapt seemingly down an inevitable ending to what's going to come. Because it's almost like, OK, you can disagree or agree with 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 the way he's style and all the rest, but there's, there's so many, there's so many mm. collisions at this football club. Yeah. Little Negatives. earthquakes, as you say, negative points coming out of this football club. It almost feels like it, it's going to come to a natural end. <laughs> well, I mean, even that last statement, Rob. I mean, isn't that every almost every club that he's been at? I mean, I, I think it's yeah. different, different into Milan, but but you know, it, it gets to a point where it almost becomes untenable. Yeah. untenable a club mm. because of, of of situations and a, to- a toxic situ- uh, atmosphere fallouts with players or his own staff and we're getting there yeah mm. we are getting there and I think it sounds like there's so many so much uh, unhappiness within that squad in the dressing room you know he, he can go through the, nearly all the, the team Robin he's, yeah. had a, he's had a pop at, at them mm. so it, as we've seen by, by year three it starts to get a little bit old players get a little bit frustrated we know now in the last five or five years or so or even ten years the player power thing is getting stronger and I think if there's one thing that that, 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 that tells of Mourinho's kind of struggles really is that even in the last couple of years the player power is, is hurting him and his yeah. style is not is not conducive to that. He's a very hard mm. managing, tough guy to to play for and you've got to be able to take, you know, some pretty harsh criticism privately and publicly. And mm. that is driving a wedge between him and players. We saw it at Chelsea. We've we're seeing it now at Manchester United. And it looks, you know, the longer this kind of goes mm. on, it's like, wow, like you said, Rob, this is getting to a point where this is really not healthy. There's yeah. there's no way that this is going to get better quickly. And it's sad that the team, with money, with time, with transfer windows, has, has taken a step back from second of last season and, and a big uh, reversing of their fortunes and their form and their abilities. So it, it does feel like his time at the club is, is coming to an end. Yeah, it's interesting you talked about his management, maybe his relationship with some of the players, because after the defeat uh, at West Ham yesterday, both on and on the pitch been a nightmare for Josie. But he was asked after the game, if it's becoming harder for him to manage this team, I can have complaints with some some quality. I can have complaints with um, with some mental approach in certain in certain uh, jewels where you could see, for example, uh, Snodgrass coming to the pitch with uh, an incredible attitude that he wants to eat the ball and he wants to eat everyone around him. You need a little bit of that. And can you uh, give that to the players, or does that have to come from in them? Come on, you have you have always to try. Uh, also, because that's that's my nature as a, a football professional. Um, but uh, there are certain qualities that you have or you don't have.
And yeah. he says, it, and he's basically saying there that uh, you know he doesn't think he's got the qualities in this in this squad of players that you need to to be successful in the Premier League. Now, you know, again, he's had a lot of time, he's had a lot mm. of money. Um, there's a lot of good players that were there at the football club. He's addressed issues in certain spots that, that have improved them in a little bit. Um, but but again, it just sounds like Rob that he doesn't. You know, again, he'll blame the players, and you know, if you haven't got it, you haven't got it. Um, but it, it's tough if you're a United fan mm. to listen to th- someone like that and think, wow, you know, is he ever going to get get put this right? If, if uh, I'm a Manchester United fan, I'm sorry to cut in there. I don't want Robert Snodgrass being held up as the <laughs> shining light of what 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 our sort of attitude and and. Mm. Um, Energy should should be Robert Snodgrass wouldn't wouldn't shouldn't make the the, the first team or the reserve team in Manchester. This is a guy that spent half a billion dollars on top of taking on a team that that was still sort of top four, top five when when he came into into the football club. I mean, I've heard him last week talk about Wolves and what did they some somehow they wanted the game more. I heard him talk about Sevilla last year and talk about how some of those players would get in his team ahead of his players. It's almost like, hold on a minute, this is a manager of Manchester United who spent half a billion dollars and, and he's talking to me about Robert Snodgrass. And also he's talking about, and, and this is nothing, nothing against this, the young player, Scott McTominay. Did mm. you, I, I watched his press conference afterwards, Rob, and he, and he spent like a, a, a minute or two minutes about the, the abilities of this young man. He says he's a marvellous young man. And, and I'm, you know, he says every pass is accurate, it's fantastic attitude. It's just like, he's like having a dig at others, maybe. Mm. That, that he probably trains well, this kid, and he looks yeah. a good player. Yeah. I, mean, he, I mean, he played in the, at the back in this game. Uh, but, but to go on for about two minutes with a young player, Scott mm. McTominay, is just starting out in his career. And, and yes, he's great. He's in the first team Manchester United. But blimmin' heck, mm. you've got to be talking and hopefully, you know, eulogising about some of your core members and your star yeah. players. Yeah. I mean, Alexis left out of the squad. Yeah. I mean, Martial's oh, fed up. Well, you know yeah. that. Rashford's fed up. It's just got to a situation, yeah. mate. How, how do Bailly and, and Jones feel after? So, so when we get into that stage and they're taking penalties, it yeah, doesn't I have know, much belief. I mean, <laughs> really? I mean, great, mate. Thanks, boss. I, I, I know you got my back. I mean, mm. come on. And, and you know, the, the Pogba thing that's gone on all week. I mean, now he's not deemed as being you know good enough to be a Manchester United captain. We see the frosty reaction in in the media. I don't know how that comes out. And we see the two things with the players. I mean, it just seems to get from bad to worse. And we put a tweet out there today, Robin. We said, is it time for Mourinho to leave Manchester United? And as ever, uh, Manchester United fans had plenty to say. I'll read out the three here that I particularly like. Uh, Mad Logic said, he's not the type United want. It was a horrible decision from the start. Chris Simon basically says, yes. And here's one from Alison that I thought was very well. She said, yes, it's time to go. The environment around the club has become toxic. They need to act now before it gets any worse. Very difficult to see them turning it around when the players clearly don't want to play for him, which is a whole other topic, unfortunately. Yeah, Radu says this is the third year of Mourinho and he will eventually be sacked. It's only a matter of time and when his decision-making has been awful this season. And Kenny uh, just finished off here to say, if you get rid of him, what are you guys going to talk about every Saturday and Sunday? Great I don't point. see NBC Sports Soccer <laughs> waiting for an Eddie Howe interview after the commercial break. So, Great point, Kenny. I mean, he, he is... He is um, box office, isn't he? He is box office mm. and he's tremendous to listen to um, and, and to react because he gives you stories. Yeah. Just, just quickly before we finish on it, Rob, just on a bigger picture, United now and mm. these different managers that have yeah. come in after Sir Alex and I'm sure they don't want to be that club that are like well I'll try him and we try him and then the fans think well 
how long is he going to be? And Jose this, and then who's the next guy? You know, just just going forward, I know Zinedine Zidane will be, you know, yeah, maybe... he's probably the favourite, uh, favourite. Say, because of his circumstances. Do, do you think, Rob, right, that, that if United... I think they are going to look for a sport and director. Yeah. They, they need a big kind of reset. Yeah, Push the reset thing, button. Yeah, they need yeah. a director of football. Mm. And do you think that, that the next successful manager might be just a lower a lower key guy? Mm. Just a guy Co- that's, that's a good coach, that, a good coach yeah. that's, that's proven himself at certain levels and he's ready for a jump up. And the expectation level, he's not a big name. You know, a bit like Sir Alex when he started at the football mm. club. Or... or, or, or yeah, Jurgen Klopp's at the other end of the scale, but but somebody that that you know what come in and you see kind of the players enjoy his training. He's mm. he's, he's one of them that can embrace the the new culture and uh, and the social media of players and how that's affecting the game. And just somebody that 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 might sneakily do a good job and start to rebuild this football club because at the moment it's going from one to another, from spending, from from. Uh, Ed Woodward, who's not a football guy, making no. football decisions. It, it, it's it, uh, Gary um, Neville said it. It, mm. it is a mess, yeah. and it wants resetting. I just thought a, a different kind of low-key guy might just be somebody that could work. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and, and would be part of a team, and, and would have to be supported very well because obviously it's a difficult job. I tell you, just my, my little bugbear on this, and, and it's been for a while, is that you've got these huge football clubs that are multi-million, multi-billion-dollar uh, industries and, and companies. And there doesn't seem to be any sort of what I call, Rob, coaching intelligence. There's no sort of, there's a great young coach in, in, in Holland or Denmark or Italy or Brazil who you're keeping your eye on, who you're thinking, you know what, mm. we, we like this star, we've heard a little bit about him. It, doesn't, it seems to me people just go, OK, well, Mourinho's out, who's the next big name? OK, and you come. You know, Angelotti will be on the list and, and obviously Zidane's favourite and, and the, the, you know, there'll be a number of usual suspects. Yeah. And, and it's a little, I just think it's lazy Well, it's business. a sport director. That's a director of football's uh, job, has got, got to find to that track, guy. Track coaches, track players, just, just be the whole recruitment side. Recruitment is the number one thing at a football club. I've always said it and, it, and I just know it's to be it's true. Getting the right people into coaching and players is absolutely critical, you know, mm. of course, given the budget that you have. Let me throw one at you. Let me throw one at you before we, we, we move on. Mauricio Pochettino. Play, yeah. We'll play the football. Yeah. Is, that, is that kind of guy? Can come in, and, and I'm sorry Spurs fans, and I'm not wishing it, but I'm saying the profile of that guy, the mm. football he plays, the development of talent, doesn't spend ridiculous amounts of money, uh, we'll come in and, and play a brand of football and we'll get it and we'll probably embrace the club and all all that's right about it. A possibility? So whew, I, I think it'll be really tough and, and incredibly cruel for Spurs for if, sure. if they lose and their manager. Saying, you know, and yeah. I, I don't wish it happened from Spurs' point of view because I, lo- I love what he's building but, there. But, but, but that, you, just, you named him, right? Mm. And Mauricio Pochettino, when he left Southampton... Right, was a, mm. uh, that's what I'm talking about two minutes ago. Yeah. Somebody that, yeah. that that's all oh, he's, he's, he's kind of highly regarded. He's done great work. You know what? He might just be mm. uh, a guy that could have went to United then. Yeah, and I, and that's what I'm trying to say. Maybe they can go for somebody that's. I mean, it's a great shout, Pochettino, and I think you know he'd do a really good job there. But but even somebody a little bit less proven than him, but he would be fantastic. I just think something a bit different. I mean, Kenny yeah. mentioned Eddie Eddie Howe. What about young Eddie then? Let's get well, Eddie in the frame. Well, that, again, I mean, I I think that that's a bit. That, but yeah, that sort of guy that's that's incredibly hungry, mm. that's proven in some ways at a lower level. 
it's it's probably too much for him. Just just kind of getting a gut feeling on his personality and mm. and 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 the size of that club and what it entails. But but yes, that's that's. But somebody a bit different, Rob. Yeah, a good mm. coach that's hungry and he's got uh, and players want to work with him and they play a good brand of football and you can see it without and not being a guy that's that's, that's more it's older, setting his ways maybe. Um, a little bit outdated in some of the, the modern style that needed to be successful in the Premier League and, and handling these players. So I'm sure there's plenty out there. Mm. That, but and, and whether United go down that road, they probably won't. They probably will want the big, big name. But this, it's got to change. The sporting director and the coaches they hire, because this cycle of bringing a guy in, spending some money, and then another guy comes in, it's, it's outdated. That manager mm. it, it, situation is outdated. And United might as well now, when you look like you're going to change the manager again, yeah. potentially, just take your time and restructure the, the whole football side of that club. Yeah, A couple of uh, really important home games for United coming up this week. Valencia at home on Tuesday in the Champions League. He dare not lose that one, Jose. And then home at 12.30pm on NBC. Manchester United face Newcastle. Newcastle team that haven't won uh, all season so another pressure game for, for Jose to at least get three points but you, you tend to feel he needs a Champions League win and a Premier League win next weekend to kind of ease a little bit of the pressure that's starting to build up and the big game of the weekend is 11.30 NBC Sen Liverpool face Manchester City quick little preview on this one Rob obviously we, we had Chelsea Liverpool this weekend all the big games coming up over the next few weeks Liverpool Man City someone suggesting that the, the, the top two teams the teams that will be fighting it out. How important is this one at, at, at game eight in the, in the season? Brilliant. It's just brilliant, isn't it? I just can't wait. Can't wait. I mean, it's. I, I think uh, Leroy Sane's coming back for City mm. and, and looking hungry and quick and sharp and there's some numbers that his, his assists are, are fantastic what he's done so far in this Premier League um, Liverpool will go uh, of course at, it's at home it's at Anfield this game next Sunday I mean you know atmosphere is going to be flying their physicality could it be too much for City because that's how they beat them last season they got their number they, they beat them um, was it three times last year mm. um, so it's going to be fantastic whether City I guess City will just think they've got to be better at their football they've got to be yeah. at their absolute high level to, for, to play through that press of of Liverpool um, but yeah for me the two the two outstanding teams they are going to be this season um, and it's a great little little indicator isn't it it's a mm. little indicator I got an mm. indicator so that Chelsea Liverpool game Rob I looked at it I know it's 1-1 I know Chelsea nearly won the game I took away Liverpool are better than Chelsea and Liverpool will finish above Chelsea in my opinion and this might give us another little indication mm. are Liverpool ready in this game I know it's only one game to sort of say, you know what, we're as good as you and we're going to show it again uh, mm -hmm. because we're going to be more consistent uh, over the course of this Premier League season to give you a right good challenge from, right through to May. Yeah, from City's point of view, Rob, because I, I, I get that with Liverpool and I almost feel, I know, I know Liverpool are, are at home and they'll feel they want to win the game, but even a draw, I think, doesn't do them any harm. But from Manchester City's point of view, might they just want to get one over Liverpool in terms of you said the the, the mm. two Champions League games and league game last season almost a bit of a feel that maybe Klopp's got their number is it about City maybe putting a little marker down for themselves yeah yeah because there's of course there's so much hype isn't there mm. about what Liverpool can do yeah. this year and how they've improved I think Pep would say to his players you know let's let's just try and let's if we can go there and get a victory and, and kind of show our class and, and win the game that might knock the confidence 
of Liverpool a little mm. bit in terms of their ability to challenge City at the very, very top. It might just stop some of the hype around the place. It might lower the excitement levels around Anfield and now those crazy fans that, that something special is <laughs> happening this season. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if that does happen, if City go there and win, which is going to be, you know, incredibly difficult yeah. that will be a, a, a huge kind of boost for them and a, and a body blow for Liverpool um, when you know those Scousers think now that they, they've got the number of City mm. and they're going to be more consistent this season can they do it again and uh, and win this game I, I think it's you know in terms of Premier League games Robbie Earl yeah. in this uh, this season 18-19 season this is going to be one of the, the oh, absolute yeah. yeah I mean it just mm. is the two best teams at Anfield when it gets crazy in there <laughs> can't wait yeah absolutely can't wait for next Sunday but we've got a big week I'll say of European and Premier League football before that, that game so make sure you look out for that and it's time for us to put our feet up mate and I think get a cup of tea after all the, yeah. the Fan Fest at Washington DC yesterday. So that's it from us. But we always want to hear from you, our listeners. First, we'd love you to rate and review the show by downloading the two Robbies on Apple Podcasts. So on a big weekend where there was a draw at Stamford Bridge, which means Chelsea and Liverpool shared the points. But I think they showed us that both of them could be challenging for City's title. I'm Earl. He's Musto together with the two Robbies. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.